swearing ways as well. Even acronyms, the little O-M, and I won't say the last letter. All of these little things, and I hear people often, they use Jesus' name. All, you know, but it's not in the, the context of reverence or holiness or anything like that. So this is just one of these sermons that's going to probably be a little burr under our saddles today. And that's okay. And I want you to know up front that when we think about this particular topic, these two of honoring God, that the law, the Ten Commandments were given to the nation of Israel. And I shared this last week. They were given to Israel as God's covenant with them. And when Jesus came, he didn't abolish the Ten Commandments, but he, he basically was saying that the, the sum of them could be summed up this way, to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then he said, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus said they're still valid, they're still important for us today, and that's the struggle. The Ten Commandments won't save us. All the Ten Commandments really do is God says, this is how I want you to live your life. This is the expectation. It reminds us that we are all sinful people, that we all choose poorly, that we all just disobey God on a lot of different levels. And so today, I hope by the time we get through, you'll have a better appreciation, and I hope to give you something that will help you if you struggle with a couple of these, the two we're going to look at today. So with that said, I'm just gonna, we're just going to dive right in to Exodus 20, verses 7 through 11. He reads, Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. King James says, Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses His name. Remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or foreigner who is within your gates. For the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days, then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Now, I am about, again, to, to do the impossible. Take these two commandments and put them in one sermon. Buckle up. It's going to be a fast ride. The Lamborghini is about to go. Commandment number three, to not use God's name vainly, or to misuse the Lord's name. At its very core, at the very heart of those words, it basically means this. We are to respect God's name. We're to respect God's name. Think about it this way. Each of us, we all have a name. Now, my full name is Carlton Samuel Braswell. That is my full legal name. Carlton Samuel Braswell. 
Some of you have heard me say it before. My hospice name badge says Carlton, and then in bold print, Sam, and in smaller print, Braswell. And my card says Carlton Braswell. And when I hand my card, they go, who are you? And I'm, I'm Sam. I'm Sam. Just call me Sam. But each of those names has a specific story behind it. My dad's name is Carl. So that's where Carlton comes from. My daddy's daddy's name was Samuel. That's where Sam came from. And by some strange plight of history within my family, my granddaddy, my daddy, and me are all called by our middle names. And I declared when I had children, I would break the cycle because it's so confusing. But our names mean something. And so when people call me Carlton, I don't really listen to that name. I listen and hear Sam. No, so our names mean something. When I was growing up, we were taught as children, don't ever do anything to smear the family name. Don't be stupid. I mean, those were kind of the words that we were told. Don't do anything that would embarrass us because the name means something. If, if our names on this human level mean something, how much more important is it for us to understand that the name of the Creator means something? God said, my name is holy, so don't misuse it. Don't, 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 uh, don't use it vainly. Don't you, in other words, we need to learn to respect the name of God. In fact, Jewish culture, in Jewish culture, many Jewish people don't even use God's name for fear of misusing it. And that's a profound idea. And so when we think about misusing God's name, we have to remember that God's name is holy. It's, it's, it's unique. And so Vanity, or to use it vainly, basically means this. It is your words are kind of empty, meaningless, flippantly. And so, so many of us struggle with this. And, 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 it's, and it's just, it's all throughout our, and this isn't something new. It, it's, this is something that's been going on since the beginning, and and so God says, I don't want you to misuse my name. I don't want you to use my name vainly. Honor it. Honor my name. Know who I am. Respect my name. And therein is the great challenge. Now, God did say in verse number 7, if you do, you're going to be punished. I don't know what that means. I mean, it means something unique to the individual, it's not something you can get away with. And so, let's pause for a minute, hold on to that, and let me look at the second commandment, because this one, at least for me, is the tougher of the two today. Now, remember the Sabbath day. The Sabbath, in the time this was given, was Saturday. Remember the Sabbath, Saturday, 
The Hebrew word Sabbath literally means rest. It comes from the root word in the Hebrew language meaning rest. And so even in that, those verses, we, God talks about rest. He said, remember it, keep it holy. Holy means it's a special day. It's a unique day. It's not like any other day. We need to keep the Sabbath holy. It needs to be special. It's something that we, we can easily forget. And then God told the, the nation, we labor six days and we do all of our work. And then God gave us the example of creation. God created this world and everything in it in six days and God rested. Why did God rest? Because he was tired? No, he rested to set an example for us. We need to rest. We need time to step back. And so God gave this commandment for all of these reasons that we just have a day where there is no work. Now that is, that is challenging. And it has always been a challenge. So here are the two commandments. How then can we take each of these verses or these commandments and make it work in our life, or not make it work, but how can we honor God by not using God's name vainly? Well, let's go back to commandment number three, honoring God's name. I, I, let's think first of the negative. The negative being, how do we dishonor God's name? How do we do that? Well, one, we, we use His name irreverently. Now, we don't use the word reverent a lot today. To revere, and that's where the word comes, to revere something means it's special, it's unique. There are certain things we say, how many of you would ever talk bad about your mama? Okay, so I hope nobody raised their hand. You know, we don't want to talk about our mama. You better not talk about your mama. So we, we understand that, don't we? Because our mama is present. When I was a kid, I didn't talk about my mama. I didn't talk about my daddy either. I didn't back talk. I didn't trash talk. There were, just, there were just some things I didn't do because it meant quick and swift punishment. So, But I did not want other people at my school or the neighborhood to talk bad about my family either. My family was not perfect. My family is still not perfect. But guess whose family they are? They're mine. You can't talk about my, We can talk about my family. When the Braswells get together, we can sit there and say, oh, we, you're crazy. I mean, we can talk about all of these things, but nobody else can because they ain't yours. So we, we, we say we want to protect. So irreverence means to belittle, put down, trash talk. And when we do that with God's name, we are misusing his name we are dishonoring god to use god's name and, and this is a unique word frivolously frivolously meaning just just throw it out there meaning nothing it, it it's not 
it's not it, it's not dignified. It's it's you're just kind of throwing it out and you mean little to nothing with it. That is to dishonor God's name. To use God's name disrespectfully is misusing his name. And nobody really wants to be disrespected. Imagine this. God created everything that exists. Everything. Everything we can see and things we could never see. God created it all by simply speaking it. God has all of the power. God knows everything. He foresees everything. We can't even come close to understanding who He really is. And then to take His name or any of His names and to disrespect that name is dishonoring His name. To use it profanely. When and these words are still existing, and I'm not even going to come close to uttering, not the words, but even the letters for your mind to go. But we can never use God's name in a profane way, an irreverent way, a way that puts him down or ties him to something that he would never do himself. And, and so, if we use God's name even insincerely, that is dishonoring Him. In other words, we have to be very careful, and we should be very careful, to use His name in a holy, reverent, dignified way. I'm going to throw out a little politics. Not deep politics, just a little politics. Each of us, I hope, when you have the opportunity to vote, you go vote. And you vote for the person you feel is most qualified. And some of you would say, this person I can't stand. This person I love. And here's what we typically do with politicians. Those we love, we respect. Those we don't love, we trash them. That's kind of what we do. There are people that do that even with God's name. If we love God, we're going to honor His name and respect. If we don't, we're very careless with the use of the name. And so all of that is dishonoring. That's the negative. How then can we honor God with our words? We honor God just, just remember that He is our Savior. He's our Savior. We all have broken some commandments in our life. If you were to walk alongside me you would, and, and you had a, you know, a notepad and you were going to count the number of commandments I might break in a typical day, you might need a composition book. I don't know. You might go, oh, my, I didn't hear. Oh, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. We break God's commandments all throughout the day. And here's the beauty of what God has done. Not only did He give us this plan by which we should live our life, honoring Him, loving Him, and loving other people, but when we fail, and we all fail, 
God still says, my love for you is greater than you'll ever understand. I sent Jesus. I became one of you. I gave my life on the cross. I died for you. I was buried dead for you. I was raised from the dead so that your sin could be forgiven. I did all of that because I love you. And if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, He is your Savior. And we should say, God, I want to honor your name because you are my Savior. You saved me from damnation. You saved me from hell. You gave me or giving, you're giving me a home in heaven. And I am so grateful for that. Help me to protect the honor and the integrity of your name. You're my Savior. You're also, God, my, my strength. We're all weak. I'm weak. You're weak. We're all weak. Don't you just, you, you, one of the reasons many people watch movies or TV shows about or read books about superheroes, because we, we kind of look at that and we go, I wish I was stronger. Or I wish I was smarter. Or I wish I was powerful. I wish I could. And the reality is we all have our limitations. We all have those moments or those things which we could never really do. We all get tired. We all get weary. and We, we, we get sick. And, and that's just who we are. But God is our strength. We can do things through the Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit through God that we could never do in our own strength or power. You've heard of the stories where an accident happened, and little Weakland lifted the car up to get him out. And people were like, how did he do that? See, God can give us some strength we could never find or have on our own. The first time I preached a sermon, I was nervous, and I was scared because people were looking at me and I was to talk to them and I knew not what I was doing. And I had to say, God, give me some strength because I can't do this right now. If you've ever prayed out loud in public the first time, you, you probably were just a little nervous and scared and thought, oh, what if I say the wrong thing or, or what if I botch the prayer? And you said, God, help me in this moment. When we face overwhelming odds, we say, God, give me strength because I don't have the strength. God is our strength, and because He's our strength, we should honor His name. We honor God because He's also our hope. Hope is, hope is an interesting word, isn't it? We use it a lot. I hope it gets better. I hope this need is met. I hope the future is bright. We look into the future and we say, I, I, I long for this. I'm hoping for this. God is our hope. He is our hope. We have no hope without God. He made the way for us for heaven. He makes the way for us this side of heaven. Because none of us has the strength or the ability to make 
those things happen. He is our hope, and because He is our hope, we, we honor His name. The last, and I could go, I could go, I could do this for days, couldn't I? I'm just going to share one more. God is also our peace. Jesus uttered these words when he walked this earth. He said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you, but my peace I give to you. He's our peace. Our peace. He, in the, in the midst of our worst days, or weeks, or months. And some of you say, okay, no, I'm having the worst years of my life. No matter what it is you're going through or will go through, Jesus is your peace. He gives you something you could never give yourself, and that's His peace. And because Jesus is our peace, we should never use His name, the Father's name, or the name of the Holy Spirit, God revealed in three personalities, and yet one God. We should never use God's name flippantly, irreverently, vainly. He, he is all of this and more. And so we say, God, help me honor your name. Now, the, the next one. Oh, jeez. What do we do with the Sabbath? Ron and I had this talk all the time at our house. I don't know if you struggle with the Sabbath, but, but this one's a big one. Here's the dilemma. First, the dilemma is this. Saturday versus Sunday. The Sabbath in Jewish culture is Saturday. If you're Seventh-day Adventist, guess what you do? You worship on Saturday. Why do we worship on Sunday? Short story is this. Jesus was resurrected on the day after his resurrection. The early disciples met on Sun. I'm sorry, they met on Saturdays, but eventually they moved it to Sundays to celebrate and commemorate and remember Jesus' resurrection and to make a distinction between the Christian and the Jewish faith. So we worship on Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Now you're going to ask, well, do we, do we rest on Saturday or do we rest on Sunday? Here's what I want us to understand. When God gave the Ten Commandments the law, it was the law to the nation of Israel. The principles still apply. Here, here's the point. God doesn't want us to be so worried and consumed about the rule, the law, that we miss the whole point of it. See, it, this is about the heart of what God was saying. God said, I, I, I created the earth in six days and I rested on seventh. That's my example to you. There should be a day that we have that allows us not just to rest, but to do something special and unique on that day. By the way, when Jesus walked the earth, did you know what he was accused of more than one time? Of breaking the Sabbath. Over and over and over and over again, the religious leaders of the day said to Jesus and his disciples, you broke the Sabbath law, you broke the Sabbath law, you broke the Sabbath law, you broke the Sabbath I mean, he just heard it and heard it. He said, no, 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 I haven't broken any Sabbath law. So much so that Jesus actually said this in Mark's gospel, I think the second chapter. He said, listen, you guys have got it all wrong. The Sabbath, he said, was not made for the laws. He said the Sabbath was made for man. 
You've shifted the focus. Your focus is all on the rules of how we honor the Sabbath rather than the reason behind it. See, that's where a lot of us get tripped up. So, some of you may have remember, it's a true story, Cherry Sapphire, the movie, you know, years ago. The, there was a runner from England who said, I'm not going to race on Sunday. He said, it violates my belief. It's on the Sabbath. I'm not going to do it. Today, fast forward several years, things have changed a lot, haven't they? Back when, when I was a kid, and a teen, back then when I was a kid, seems like so long ago sometimes, you, you could hardly find anything open on a Sunday. If you needed to buy gas, you couldn't buy gas except in a very, very, very few places on a Sunday. In Dexter, Georgia, you, the gas stations were closed. There were two. They were closed. If you wanted to go out and eat something on a Sunday, <laughs> good luck. It, the store, the blue laws, it, it, the things just shut down on a Sunday. So we, that's what we did. We just learned to deal with it. Nowadays, stores are open 24-7 in many cases. They're always open. And, and what's happened in our day is we've, we have merged day one through day seven without any distinction. You, does that make any sense? In other words, every day seems to be the same. And, 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 and here's the danger, and this is what God is saying to us. We, we don't need a bunch of silly rules. They had silly rules back in Jesus' day of what you could or couldn't do, and they, they did this to help people figure out, because people said, well, I don't know what I can do, and I don't know what I can't do, because God said don't do any work, and, and yet, I mean, i got to eat, and I've got to cook, but how do I do that? And, and everybody wanted to know, well, well, just tell me the rules. Give me the, give me the outline. And therein we struggle. Can I make it real simple for you? You, me, just need to talk to God about it. I could come up with a bunch of rules to say to you, well, this is how you need to honor the Sabbath. And you may go, well, you've lost your ever-loving mind. I'm not trying to be, I don't know, um, The rules back in Jesus' day, were some of them were just crazy. For example, here was one of them. If somebody was drowning, you couldn't rescue them. I mean, you just stood back and said, ah, it's your day to die. I mean, you really wouldn't say that, but if you had an animal that was stuck in a ditch, you, you couldn't get the animal out because it was against the Sabbath law. You could only walk so many steps in a day. Now, here's the thought. We have fancy devices today that tell us, us how many steps we've walked. How did they keep count with that back then? That's just something I wonder about. They're going, one, two, three. Wait a minute. We're not at the synagogue. It's still, oh, it's 15 steps. Can't come. I got to turn around and go back home. I don't know how they did it. 
You, you couldn't harvest your crops. And that's one of the things Jesus and his disciples one day did. They were walking through a grain field, and he grabbed some wheat off of the stalk. They harvested. And then they rolled it in their hands to get the actual seeds off. And, and now they've double worked, and then they ate it. They could eat, but they had to cook the meals before. You see, all of those rules... Jesus said, you've missed the point of it all. So with all of that said, God said, I gave you this commandment for your blessing and your benefit. So how do we do that? Well, I'm going to just give you four little quick things. First thing is this. Sunday, Sunday. I'm saying Sunday should be our Sabbath or is my Sabbath. If you want to worship on Saturday, go at it. Worship God on the Sabbath. God wants us to worship Him and celebrate Him and honor Him and basically say, God, thank you for giving me this opportunity to live and to, to enjoy this side of heaven. And I'm here to worship you because everything I have has come from you. And God, I really need my battery recharged. For those of you who may want to buy an electric car one day, you, you, you know, and if you have watches that have batteries and phones and other, you, you have to recharge those batteries because they only last so long. But I'm thankful that we are not like those batteries. Our recharge can be recharged time and time and time again. When you recharge some batteries, they eventually lose their ability to be recharged we're not like that. We need church. We need worship to recharge our battery, and God wants us to worship Him. That's just, this is a fundamental way for us to honor this commandment of the Sabbath. The second one is this. We need to rest and relax on, on Sunday. Rest and relax. That's, that is so fundamental. And yet in this modern day, it's sometimes hard to do because we look at the week we've had and we see all of the unfinished things not done and all of the things that need to be done. And in our brain, we say, I got to do it. And we often do more because it's a free day and we don't get to rest. Now, I know that some of us work in jobs where you kind of have to work on Sunday. Medical people, fire people, law enforcement people, preachers. We kind of have to work on Sunday. But, but here's the thing. Find another time to rest. Our body needs rest. Our body needs rest. You know what happens if you don't rest? You crash and burn. And when you're tired, we are more out to do stupid stuff, to say dumb things. Because when you're tired and wore out and pushed to the limit and you've not had time to worship and recharge and relax, things come out that would not normally come out. And we need time to rest and relax. God says, I gave you this day. Keep it holy. Now, 
I'm just going to, this is kind of the third, but it ties with what I just said. So on your Sabbath, try to avoid unnecessary chores. Is that unnecessary? Necessary means it's got to be done. If it's not done, you're going to starve or die or bleed out or whatever. If you, for a long time on Sunday, I'm confessing, Rhonda and I would do clothes on Sunday afternoon. I remember the routine very well. Rhonda goes, gets all of the clothes out of the hamper, puts them in the baskets, and the laundry is going, and we're off to church. We come home from church, and we start doing, it's not hard clothes. It's not hard work, but guess what? It has to be done, right? You can't walk around with dirty clothes. I mean, you could, but you might stink, and they're wrinkled. We, we, we want clean clothes. And, and so I, I told Rhonda, like, we need to figure this out. I, I'm tired. And she's like, I can do them. I'm like, well, you don't need to do them either. And so we, we, we figured out a way to do the clothes on another day other than Sunday a while back. So we, we have to, what I'm saying is figure out a way to do the unnecessary task on another day. I mean, in the commandment, work for six days and don't work no more on the Sabbath. We have to make choices. And then the final thing, the Sabbath should be a day for you and me to help and bless other people. If you're in a service ministry or a service job, you are helping people. I'm glad we have nurses and doctors and hospitals. If you're sick and you need a nurse or a doctor, if you have a loved one on hospice, you probably want somebody to be available to you on those days, especially on a Sunday. I mean, imagine going to the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we can't serve you today. It's our day of rest. That's just not, I mean, your house is burning down. You call 911 and you get the message, I'm sorry, today is Sunday, we're closed. See, we, let's not be crazy, right? But we all need to learn, even on Sunday, we all can help somebody or be a blessing to somebody. So we can do all of these things, and by doing all of these little things, we can honor God on His day. Worship, recharge. Work as little as possible and rest as much as we can and just bless other people. Those are three simple things that we can honor God on the Lord's day. I think I did it. To the best of my ability, I'm now going to zip it up, wrap it up, and give you an opportunity to process it, pray over it, and then it's now up to you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's pray together.